You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Wednesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another day of the show. We have a full slate of information we need to be giving you today. Lots of news in the basketball world, lots of award talk, lots of bracketology talk. We also got some recruiting discussions, uh, some NFL futures signings, wrestling lineups are out, and the basketball schedule has changed Again, we're talking about all of that on today's episode of the show. If you like the show, make sure to give us that five-star review. If you don't, let us know what you don't like about it so we can continue to improve going forward. And as always, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I appreciate you all tuning into another episode of the show. And stay tuned for the rest of the week as we have shows all throughout the week. Let's turn our attention first to recruiting, though, because... Their signing day is coming up very quickly, the final signing day of the year, and Iowa has a few spots open at this point. And as we all kind of expected, they are getting involved in the transfer portal. Big thing here is Iowa needs some depth at defensive line. And where they have turned to in the past has been Northern Illinois. That's where we got Jack Heflin. And see how that turned out for us. Now it's Weston Kramer. That is a guy that we should be focusing our attention on. A former two-star recruit ranked and just barely in the top 4,000 of players out of Summit Argo, Illinois. Um, he has started 25 games the last two seasons at Northern Illinois at six foot one, 290 pounds. He still has two years of eligibility left. Last year finished with two and a half tackles for loss, 23 total tackles. Third team All-Mac, according to PFF. And I believe he actually might have had one of the top PFF grades, according to... Um, to PFF by, for Northern Illinois. I'll, I don't have access to PFF anymore, so I'll have to go back and, and try to find my notes, but I remember seeing him on there as well. So that is a guy to watch out for, and that would be a huge pickup for that interior depth for the Hawkeyes. Um, we need some more people there. I know we've talked about it. I, I think, obviously, given the state of the defensive line the past three years and the fact that we've lost at least three guys every single year, the defensive line will be solid. It just always is. Um, there's great depth, young players mostly, behind the guys we've lost. But still, it is concerning. You want to get more experienced guys in there. And a guy like Weston Kramer, who has played for four years, uh, sorry, excuse me, only has one year of eligibility left. But a guy like Weston Kramer, who's played for four years, is a valuable asset that Iowa can get in his career. Uh, a total of 95 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, three and a half sacks. Um, this is the guy who can step in right away and be a starter and fill in for some of those younger guys who are trying to get their feet wet and get in there. Again, I, I truly believe that right now we have Zach Van Valkenburg on one side. I think it could be Yaha Black on the other side, maybe Joe Evans, maybe John Wagner. Um, that'll be interesting then to see what kind of happens on the interior. Uh, maybe if Weston Kramer does sign with Iowa, um, where does he fit into the mix? As that comes out more, or as more information comes out on that, we'll make sure to give you that information and break that down. At running back, this has been an interesting topic. And honestly, when I look at it, I don't think it's necessary to get a running back um, just to get just to get a running back doesn't mean we should get a running back, right? Because we have an open spot doesn't mean we should get it. Obviously, it's a depth thing. Iowa likes to bring in at least one running back in every class. They like to bring in at least one quarterback in every single class. I understand that. Um, what we've seen in the past couple of years has been when we 
bring in a running back every single year, we see at least one running back transfer almost every single year. Uh, last year it was Shadrick Bird, or this year it was Shadrick Bird. Um, the year prior, it was uh, the guy out of Green Bay. I got to go back and check my notes real quick. Um, Henry Giles. So every year there's been a guy leaving because we have so much depth there. And I think right now what you're looking at with this Iowa Hawkeye roster is there's still a lot of depth. Right, so we have Ivory Kelly Martin, who's going to be getting some snaps now. Now that Makai Sargent is gone, I get that. We also have Tyler Goodson, who is undoubtedly the starter and going to get a lot of snaps. He's likely leaving after this year, so you do have some some depth issues after this season, where you have Tyler Goodson, you have Makai or not Makai, Ivory Kelly Martin leaving. Um, but behind them, there's still some talent as well. So when you look at this running back room. After those guys, you got Keontae Luckett, you got Gavin Williams, you have LaShawn Williams. Uh, there's a lot of talent in that room still behind those guys. And then you factor in, if you bring in another running back, what if a Gavin Williams or LaShawn Williams or a Keontae Luckett, they win that job, right? They win that job outright. There's not a lot of playing time for a guy unless they get injured. And we have seen them in the past. So I understand why Iowa wants to bring in a running back, but I also don't think it is absolutely crucial to the success of this class. But a guy they have targeted, a guy they have really honed in on is Kendrell Williams. Um, he is currently he's currently committed to Lafayette, which makes sense. That's literally in his backyard. He is a, a local guy for that team. He's been committed to them for, for some time. But Iowa is hot on his trail trying to get him to decommit, which is tough given the fact that he can't actually visit the University of Iowa. So he's got that offer from Iowa. Compared to his other offers, that is arguably, actually I wouldn't even say arguably at this point, it is the best offer on his list when you look at the people that have offered him. So far it's Utah State, Texas State, Southern University, Northwestern State, Nichols State, McNeese State, Louisiana Tech, Lamar, Army, and Louisiana Lafayette. That leaves Iowa as the only Power 5 school on that list. If you want to play the big boys, you want to go to Power 5, and getting that offer from Iowa would be huge. But again, do we need him? I wouldn't say we absolutely need a running back. I would love to see Kendrell Williams as a Hawkeye, but I don't necessarily think that we need a running back per se, but it would be fantastic if we were able to get him. He is a guy who is a multi-sport athlete, um, track and field, wrestling, ran the 400 meters in track and field, finished as a runner-up in D2 wrestling in Louisiana at 182 pounds. I mean, this guy's got strength. He's got athleticism. He's got, athleticism, he's got speed and quickness. Uh, he won the Louisiana 3A, 4A, 5A state championship in the 400 meters with a 49.97 uh, time. I mean, that's that's absurd. So this guy's got the speed. He's got the quickness. He's got what I would like to see in the fact that he has um, versatility and plays multiple sports, um, which obviously they love, especially that wrestling background. More for offensive linemen, but for the running back you know, side, that, that does allow for that quickness, that feet quickness and whatnot. In 2019, though, he ran for 1,935 yards and 25 touchdowns. So again, this is a guy who could be and under the radar recruit for Iowa, um, ranked 1200, 1,200 nationally in the nation, 78th running back in the nation, 39th prospect in Louisiana, 5'11", 210 pounds. Kendrell Williams is the guy to keep your eyes on if he ultimately decides to commit to Iowa or sign with Louisiana Lafayette. 
Um, that remains to be seen. It's tough because his hometown is Lafayette, Louisiana. So does he want to stay at home? Does he want to go to Iowa? The fact that we still have this pandemic going on makes it very difficult for recruits to visit Iowa, to see Iowa, to see what the feel is of the campus and ultimately make a decision that impacts the rest of their life. So who knows what happens there. Along the recruiting front, former uh, Iowa Hawkeye commit Jordan Oladukin, a guy who decommitted twice from the Hawkeyes, has officially committed to Sanford. Uh, best of luck to him. I just wanted to make sure we all noted that he did commit to Sanford. Want to make sure you all were aware of that. I know it's been an interesting uh, topic of conversation. Uh, we've talked about him multiple times in the show, what he brings to the table, and then the fact that he's leaving and why that's happening, and now he's going back to Sanford. So good for him. Wish him the best of luck. But that does do it for segment number one of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast coming up on segment number two we're going to get into some more news and notes lots of basketball talk so we're going to talk a lot about basketball on segment number two and specifically bracketology where does Iowa rank right now and how is that important to their success in the NCAA tournament that's all coming up on segment number two before we get into that though you know I gotta tell you about the best place to place your bets the only place as you covered and the one place that I personally trust. And that is betonline.ag. Betonline.ag has you covered for all sports betting needs. If you want to bet on college basketball, the Super Bowl, NHL, NBA, or even presidential odds for the future, go to betonline.ag. And right now, if you sign up today, you can get a free account that also can give you a 50% welcome bonus. Just use that promo code locked on when signing up and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your deposit. Go to betonline.ag right now. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Put a little bit of money in your pocket, and do not forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts at. Let's get our attention back to basketball, though. Um, Obviously, as Iowa continues to win some big games, we're likely going to be featured on Locked On Today at some point. But until now, we're just going to be talking about basketball. Because a lot of well, a lot of awards came out. So first and foremost, uh, the top ten came out for the Jerry West Shooting Guard of the Year, and our very own Joey's Camp was on that list. Uh, I'll go through the list of the guys and where they kind of rank from a uh, points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game. You're going to see that Joey's Camp is really kind of towards the bottom of that list. But starting off, Terry Taylor from Austin Pay, 21.2 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game. Uh, Mac O'Teague from Baylor, 14.6 points per game, 3.9 rebounds per game. James Butnight from UConn, 20.3 points per game, 5.3 rebounds per game. Joel Ai from Gonzaga, 12.5 points per game, 7.5 rebounds per game. Ochai Agbali from Kansas, 14.5 points per game, 4.3 rebounds per game. Cameron Thomas from LSU, 21.7 points per game and 2.6 rebounds per game. Franz Wagner from Michigan, 12 points per game, 7.1 rebounds per game. Chris Duarte from Oregon, 18.4 points per game, 4.6 rebounds per game. Jordan Goodwin from St. Louis, 16.9 points per game and 11.1 rebounds per game and 3.8 assists per game. That leaves Joe Wieskamp at 14.5 points per game, 6.7 rebounds per game, and 1.5 assists per game. The points per game for Joe ranks 6th. The rebounds per game ranks 5th. And the assists per game ranks 8th out of that list. Now, here's the thing. I don't think Joe is going to win this award. That's I'll just be frank there. I do believe there is a path for him to win this award. 
but it requires him to take over games over the next month. It requires him to be the true 1B to Luka Garza's number 1A. And I haven't seen that happen yet, but if it does, Joe Wieskamp should win the Jerry West Shooting Guard of the Year Award. If it's kind of the status quo where Joe Wieskamp is clearly the number two, sometimes the number three, then I don't think he wins that award, in my personal opinion. Um, we are going to get the five finalists late in February, so we're going to know more about it then. Um, clearly, Joe, a very well-rounded player, a guy who is in the middle of that pack to lower end of that pack uh, across the board for all those guys. What we're not accounting for is shooting percentage, um, the defensive you know, ac- you know, know, awareness with in terms of steals and, and blocks and whatnot. Joe Wieskamp definitely getting involved in the defensive side of the floor. Um, so that's not being accounted in terms of the stats that I just referenced there. But sometimes in these situations, it often is going to come down to the offensive side of the ball. But there is a chance. I just don't think it's likely. Also, along the award list, Luca Garza named it to the Lute Olsen Award watch list for the midseason. Uh, that is given to the nation's top Division One player. There is no surprise there. I'm not going to go into his chances. It should be unanimous. It should be 100%. Luca Garza should be the nation's top player of the year as he should have been last year, in my personal opinion. Also along bracketology, um, given Iowa's drop in the rankings, given their loss to Indiana, uh, right now Joe Lenardi has them as an eight seed. Sorry, excuse me, as a two seed, but an eight overall seed. And what that means and why that's important is where you're slotted at impacts who you're playing as that top team. And that would right now square Iowa off against Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. So, what you want, obviously, is Iowa to get that one seed. That's the ideal state here. Iowa get that one seed. They get a relatively easy uh, first game against a 16 seed. And then they work their way through the 8-9 and nine, um, to get into the Sweet 16, the Elite 8, the Final Four, etc. However, with the basketball rankings the way they are, with everything going on right now, they're obviously going to be fluctuating a little bit as they win or lose games. Right now, as an 8 seed, 8 overall seed, getting that game against Gonzaga in the Elite 8 would be... Not ideal at all. That would honestly probably be the worst situation. If anything, we'd rather have the seventh seed or even, uh, you know, the the tenth or eleventh seed, right? So we want to get off that side of the bracket or off that um, off that area of the bracket in Gonzaga's, um, you know, bracket right there. So ideally, we want to be able to move around. We want to be able to move up if possible. Get at least in that one seed, and ideally a two or three overall seed that puts Gonzaga on the opposite side completely of the bracket. Um, But that's just my opinion on where we are. And that's going to continue to change. And part of the reason why that's going to continue to change is Iowa has a lot of games coming up. Michigan state got rescheduled. So that game was postponed. The Nebraska game was also postponed, but now it has been made up. The Nebraska game has not been scheduled yet. And again, it doesn't really matter ultimately because Nebraska is just, I mean, it'd be great to get that win, but it's not really a, big win on Iowa's uh, docket. It's really just an added win, right? So it's just getting them to a win total, not really helping them in terms of rankings at all. But Michigan State has been rescheduled. They are now traveling to Iowa on Tuesday, February 2nd. And what that means for the Hawks, it means they're going to be quite busy. Very, very busy. Because in 12 days, they have five games. And I think this goes back to the fact that Big Ten is atrocious at scheduling. They are atrocious at figuring out how to be versatile and flexible, especially given the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic. They are just, it's its, it's so shoddy. Honestly, at the end of the season, I really hope they just revamp the entire Big Ten um, leadership team uh, 
honestly can them all at this point. I, I'm, I'm not impressed with what they're doing. They're not doing a very good job. There's no accountability for their lack of um, information. Uh, you've heard from Tom Izzo. You've heard from Fran McCaffrey. They have no idea what's going on until it actually comes out, and I think that's absolutely ridiculous. But now, five games in 12 days, that is going to be quite the slate of games for Iowa. They get Illinois this Friday. They go on the road to Illinois. A couple days later, they get Michigan State at home. February 2nd. February 4th, literally two days later, they get Ohio State at home. February 7th, they go to on the road to Indiana. February, and believe me, they, they will be motivated for that game. February 10th, Rutgers comes on the road to Iowa at home. And then three days later, Iowa goes on the road to Michigan State. Now, when I look at that schedule, here's what I think, just based off of my the motivation of this team. They are absolutely pissed off they lost to Indiana. They shouldn't have lost that game. They know it. They are upset. Believe me. So, Illinois... I think that's going to be a win. I think Iowa's hungrier than Illinois. I truly do. Also, Illinois goes on these bouts. They, they, they've kind of struggled a little bit. They're a lot more inconsistent than what people might think Iowa is, given the fact that even though Iowa's lost three games, Illinois's lost five, Illinois has been consistently inconsistent, whereas Iowa's had one real bad stinker of a game that was Indiana and one really bad shooting night that was Gonzaga and just blew the game against Minnesota. They should have won that Minnesota game. I think that's a win. Michigan State going on the road to Iowa, you better believe. they Iowa doesn't beat Michigan State ever. These guys haven't beat Michigan State hardly at all. So they are going to be hungry to beat them. They are going to be excited to beat them at home. And especially considering the fact that Michigan State's a little bit down this year compared to most normal years, that is going to be a win, in my opinion, for the Hawks. Now, Ohio State, two days later, I don't know. that The motivation isn't going to necessarily be there. It's a ranked team. Can Iowa get up? We hope they can. Should they be ready? We think they should. Um, that is a game where I'm kind of watching very closely, depending on how the Illinois-Michigan State games go. Because if those are two big wins, right? You beat Illinois, a ranked Illinois team that was supposed to be competing for a Big Ten title. You beat a Michigan State team that you very rarely beat. Now you get Ohio State. Might they overlook Ohio State? It's possible. Now, going on the road to Indiana, you better believe they're going to want to make a statement. They're going to take down Indiana on the road. Rutgers is an interesting one. Coming on the road to Iowa, I expect that to be a win. And then going on the road to Michigan State could be a loss. So, in my opinion, what I think probably is going to happen here is Iowa goes 4-2 and two in the stretch. Let's just let's be honest. I think they go 4-2 and two in the stretch. I think the losses are potentially Ohio State um, on February 4th and Michigan State on February 13th. Now, best case scenario, 6-0. Like I said, I think that's a very realistic scenario. I, I would give it 30 40% that they go 6-0. Six, six um, there's no reason why they shouldn't beat any of these teams, and they should be favored in probably every single game except for the Illinois game. And they might even be favored in that game. So uh, be, be on the lookout for that. Uh, the worst case scenario, in my personal opinion, is they go 2-4 and four in this stretch. I think that would be a lost Illinois a loss to Michigan State, a loss to Ohio State, beat Indiana, beat Rutgers, and maybe a loss to Michigan State on the road again. That would be the worst-case scenario. So worst-case, 2-4, and four, um, what I expect, 4-2, and two, and what best-case is, obviously 6-0, and a very realistic possibility as well. So that's my thoughts on the schedule upcoming right now. Coming up on segment number three, we're going to get into some more football talk, give you those wrestling lineups as well if we have time, and talk a little bit about the Senior Bowl. That's all coming up on segment number three of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. 
But you know, I always have some great messages for you and great experiences from these messages. So I'm sharing you sharing with you those personal experiences. And I can really speak to that for rockauto.com. I took my car into the, the auto shop to get a few things fixed. They said I needed to replace my cabin air filter and my engine air filter. I said, how much is it going to cost? And they said, around 200 bucks. And I said, I can do that myself. I went to the brick and mortar store. It was going to cost me $70 for the parts. I was like, I'm going to try rockauto.com. I'm going to try their remarkably easy and unique catalog um, and, and see if I can find these parts I need and see if I can get it for cheaper. Well, after five minutes of searching, I found both the parts I needed and had already selected them and purchased them. So it took me five minutes to find parts for $20 total. So it saved me $50 from the brick and mortar store. And by doing it myself, it saved me $180 all by going to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And right now, if you go to rock auto.com you can see all the parts available for your car or truck and when you do that when you buy something please write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and you've heard me talk about built bars before because there is nothing better than a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Why wouldn't you want to combine great taste with great health benefits? That's exactly what Built Bar has done. I don't know why it took people so long, but thank the Lord for Built Bar coming here and giving us delicious tasting protein bars. They have 18 amazing flavors. They also have some you know, seasonal flavors that pop up. I highly recommend hopping on the pumpkin chocolate chip or the peppermint uh chocolate bark if it comes out make sure to hop on those as well because those are absolutely delicious right now i'm on a mint brownie kick i also really enjoy the salted caramel and the cookies and cream all these bars though are covered in 100 chocolate and they are soft and easy to chew and as i mentioned the flavor is fantastic but the health benefits are also phenomenal as well these bars are low calorie low sugar high protein high in fiber great even for a keto diet one of my favorite flavors, as I mentioned, is cookies and cream. Let me tell you about this flavor profile. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Why wouldn't you want to take advantage of a great-tasting built Bar that has those fantastic health benefits as well? Get you going either as a midday snack or a post-workout snack, whatever it may be. I personally use them for a breakfast. So check out BuiltBar.com. They'll go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday at the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast at. And that's a perfect segue to get into some football talk because I'm sure they are following the Senior Bowl closely, as am I. And we got measurements yesterday. We had practices. And here's where the folks measure in at. Larry Jackson, 6'5", 318 pounds, 83-inch wingspan, 32-inch and 32-and-a-half-inch arms. And Chauncey Golson, 6'4", six, six 4-and-a-half inches, 268 pounds, 84-inch arms, or 84-inch wingspan, and 3-foot-3-inch, sorry, excuse me, 33, wow, I've really butchered my notes there, 33-inch arms, almost 34 inch. A uh, couple things here. 
For Chauncey Golson, that is a great weight. It shows you can play on the outside if need to. He's also playing a lot of three techniques, so playing just on the other side of the guard. Uh, so they're kind of moving him around quite a bit, seeing where he is the most productive at. Alaric Jackson, uh, a little bit concerning on the arms because some teams have a minimum arm length for tackle of 32 inches. Others have it at 33 inches. So he misses that threshold for some teams. And there's also some concerns about his athleticism and whether or not he can play left tackle in the NFL and handle some of those speed rushers. Arms like that, make it more likely that some team is going to want to maybe kick him inside to guard. Now, that was also the same concern that came up last year with Tristan Wirfs, and that ultimately didn't happen. You could see that Tristan Wirfs was an absolutely dominant right tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but Larry Jackson not in the same conversation as Tristan Wirfs. He is not talked about as a top 10 pick or a top 15 pick. He is talked about as a late day two, day three pick. John T. Golson also got to watch out for as a day three pick as well. But again, the Senior Bowl is a great opportunity for them to get down there and showcase what they can do. Chauncey Golson being a late invite, it means a lot for him, especially in a lot of those one-on-one drills. And so far, the, the reports coming out of the Senior Bowl, and I got to go back and look at the film. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, um, but he has done pretty darn well. Chauncey Golson had some pretty good, pretty good snaps. Also had an injury scare uh, where he kind of twisted his leg a little bit, but seems to be fine. Alaric Jackson also had some pretty solid snaps, and it is very tough for offensive linemen to have good snaps down in the Senior Bowl. A lot of it's one on one. You don't have any of the help. You don't have the ability to push them a certain way um, based on the scheme. It's just you going against that guy mano a mano, and that can be tough for some of the Senior Bowl offensive linemen. But nevertheless, as we get more information on what they are doing, we are going to be talking about that on the show, hopefully maybe even getting some interviews, and then obviously got to break down that game film as well, or the practice film uh, from yesterday. A lot of a lot of commotion at the Senior Bowl. The The original plan was to cancel practice due to the weather, then they decided to have the practice, and they decided to move it back to the stadium so everyone could make it and the media could make it. I'm not down there uh, due to uh, some other issues, but definitely had the opportunity to go, just ultimately decided to stay back at home and hang, hang with my family and do a lot of the analysis virtually. So I'll give you more information as we get that, but measurements are in so far results coming out of day one are good for Larry Jackson and Chauncey Golson and as we get more information we will cover that as well also Arlen Bruce has been upgraded to a four-star recruit you gotta love that gotta love seeing that Iowa has two four-star wide receivers and that doesn't even include Brody uh, from Ankeny he is a phenomenal player as well this is the future of Iowa football they have so many good talented skill position players. Um, this is going to be a dynamic offense for years to come, in my personal opinion. Jake Gervas also signed a future contract with the Los Angeles Rams. Clearly, they like what they see from the former walk-on Iowa safety, and I couldn't agree more. You're getting um, heart and talent every single time he steps foot on the field, and they clearly like it as well. Hopefully, he can stick with the Los Angeles Rams this upcoming year. And then finally, to wrap up the show, Gary Barta is officially serving on the College Ball Playoff Selection Committee as the chair for the second year, which basically means the college football playoff committee is going to suck again. They're going to have no direction, and we're going to get some terrible press conference press conference clips from our very own Gary Barta, embarrassing the University of Iowa as he continues to do on the college football playoff com- committee. So that is my personal opinion on that. Not excited for that. Can't wait for him to get off. I thought it would be cool to see him on there. I thought it would be a great opportunity to, to help the Big Ten, and really it isn't. Um, the The College Ball Playoff Selection Committee is the same as it has always been. It is very flawed. It is very biased. And it is not going to change until we add a few more analytics into that, in my personal opinion. 
Josh Ward of Locked On Volunteers and I have talked about that quite extensively on the Locked On College Football Podcast, which we host every single Wednesday, so I highly recommend you check that out. We have that show dropped already for today, so if you love this show, want to hear more college football talk, want to hear us talk about Nebraska and the state of that program, head on over to Locked On College Football. We dropped that show today as well. That does it, though, for our show today on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, and we'll be back on Friday and likely on Saturday as well as we give you a um, you know review of what happened in that Iowa-Illinois game on that Saturday. We got previews of Iowa-Illinois coming up this week as well, so stay tuned for that. And again, if you like the show, give us that five-star review and subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast app. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Have a fantastic and a safe Wednesday out there, and let's go Hawks.